bowbulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with bowbulb.org. Good day, brothers and sisters in the faith. For a call to worship, we think of these words from the psalmist. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? Our hymn today is Amazing Grace.
confess, O God, that sometimes we are puzzled when heavy burdens are heaped upon us and costly challenges confront us. As we seek to worship you, strengthen our faith and focus our hearts to do your will. In this hurried and troubled world, Father, we forget to take time to reflect on truth and life and our reaction to both. Help us today to find truth and see life in such a way that we will be redirected for the living of these days. We have heard the invitation of Jesus saying, Come unto me. It is echoed and re-echoed in our minds and souls. At times it has been like someone knocking at the inner doors of our soul. Sometimes it has been like a still, small voice calling to us. We know that we should obey that call, yet we put it off. Be patient with us, Father, we pray. You know how we shut doors in our lives and close our listening to voices we do not want to hear at the moment. Father, we wonder at times how you are so patient at the stubbornness of our self-determined wills. We want to take the talents you have given us, our lives, our wealth and all the assets with which we have been endowed and spend them as we please. Indeed, we are prodigals in a far country. This day, help us to become as the prodigal was in the closing days of his wandering. Father, make us smart enough to realize that you are our God and that without you we are truly bereft. Give us the courage to turn homeward, not for what we want to get from you, but simply because we have come to our senses and know that only in you is life, now and forever. O oh, Father, here today may we experience your welcome, your forgiveness, and something of the restoration which only you can provide. Let others be blessed today with your healing presence, we pray. Fill the hearts of the lonely, satisfy the hunger of the searching, comfort the depths of the sorrowing, give peace to the disturbed people and nations of the world. Work in us to build a stronger, more noble place, where children's laughter will ring through the hills instead of the cries of fear, where health will be the order of the day and not devastating illness, where life will be full and free, and where poverty and untimely death will be no more. Let this time together be yours, Father, and from it may we go. In Christ's name we pray. For our Bible reading today, we turn to the book of Isaiah, reading from chapter 1 and verses 2 to 11. When the Lord first spoke through Isaiah, the Lord said to Isaiah, Go take for yourself a wife of whoredom, and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Goma, daughter of Diablin, and she conceived and bore him a son. And the Lord said to him, Name him Jezreel, for in a little while I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel. I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. On that day I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. She conceived again and bore a daughter. Then the Lord said to him, Name her Lo Ruhamah, for I will not lo longer have pity on the house of Israel or forgive them, but I will have pity on the house of Judah, and I will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. When she had weaned Lo Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son, 
Then the Lord said, Name him Lu Ammi, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the number of the people of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which can neither be measured nor numbered. And in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, it shall be said to them, Children of the living God, the people of Judah and the people of Israel shall be gathered together, and they shall appoint for themselves one head, and they shall take possession of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Thus far, and may God bless to, this, to us this reading from his holy word, and to his name be all the praise, now and forevermore. Amen. Let us pray. May the Lord now be in all our hearts and upon my lips, that every thought and word may be holy for the glory of his name. Amen. For our sermon today, I have named it the three little sermons of Isaiah. Did you know that God is in the salvage business? And furthermore, business is very good because the world is full of wrecked lives, broken families, non-functioning communities, and malfunctioning nations. And this kingdom business of salvaging has always been good down through the ages. So God has always recruited and sent out first-rate co-workers. So desperate was the salvage work in 8th century Palestine that God sent out a famous crew we now call the Minor Prophets. People like Joel, Amos, Jonah, Habakkuk, Malachi. In fact, these twelve were in this famous crew. And for this meditation we read of one of them named Salvation, or in Hebrew the word is Hosea. Hosea began his salvage service in northern Palestine among the ten northern tribes in about 750 BC. And in this, God used a unique, and at times I shudder at what poor Hosea had to endure, approach to his prophecy. And for this morning's service, I want us to consider three aspects. Firstly, for effective mission, God requires willing men and women. A Christian writer, E.M. Bounds, put this so well. For God's mission, men are his method and women are his way. God's approach to make a new servant when he reveals himself to faithful people. He gives his words to these word bearers and their task becomes one of the confronting others with these God-given words. Prophets and witnesses are heaven's mail carriers and obedience at all levels or any level opens us to the fullness of servanthood. Hosea became that servant and became the method God used to reach out to the northern Israelis. Redemption and restoration are at the core of the gospel mission. The people of northern Israel needed help to find their way back into covenant with God. Hosea was called to become their understandable messenger from heaven. The second aspect is that effective mission requires close identification for those who are receiving the message. When theologians state that, quote, God the Son, the Word of God, became incarnate, Unquote. What they mean is that God took on human flesh to identify closely with us and to make his salvage plan effective. There is, in the sacrifices of identification, something that can be described as, quote, downward mobility, unquote. Just like God, 
Jesus the Son, was downwardly mobile when Paul said to Philemon that Jesus took on the form of a servant and was made into the likeness of humanity. When we hear of Isaiah, we learn that he identified with his people by taking a wife as they did. He married Goma, a woman of adultery. While biblical scholars are divided on the exact meaning of the text about Goma being a woman of adultery, all agree that it means that just as God was in love with an unfaithful Israel and desperate to restore her, so Hosea married an unfaithful wife and was to love her into restoration. Hosea identified with her culture, but without compromising his message. He married Goma with full Mosaic vows. Instead of merely frequenting her services at the local Baal worship center. Thirdly, for mission to be effective, the message must be clear and uncompromising. Hosea's gospel message conveyed the tension of judgment and hope. Our gospel message of the Savior must have the same authentic tension. Hosea's message communicated this tension in three sermons. He made these sermons personal and memorable by naming each of his children after each sermon. His children became his three little sermons. So when we consider Hosea's first sermon, we find his theme to be about his first son and the need to acknowledge your Jezreels. Hosea named his firstborn Jezreel after the name of the location of the holy bloodbath that Jehu had committed against the house of King Ahab. We read in the second book of Kings that Jezreel stood for five Jehu-ordered operations, resulting in at least several hundred killings. Those murders set Israel on a friendless path to shrinking land and increasing foreign debt payments. Jezreel was the terrible secret no one in Israel liked to talk about. God called Hosea to speak about this appalling event so that sins could be acknowledged, restitutions made, and the community healed. All people have their Mylar massacre, their Auschwitz, and in South Africa, their Sharpville. But these failures will never be atoned for until they are confessed. Jezreel means that God holds individuals and nations accountable. Restitution must be made. Forgiveness requires restitution as far as is possible and constructive. Hosea's second sermon was the, in the birth of his daughter. Hosea named his second child and sermon Lo Ruhamah, which means no affection. The theme was to anticipate just desserts. This middle child-daughter sermon means that real love requires discipline. Whoever Yahweh loves, Yahweh disciplines. Love without discipline is sentimentality at best and corruption at worst. How often as parents, when disciplining our beloved child, are we confronted with a response such as, I like grandma better than you. She loves me all the time. Remember that God always preserves and reserves a remnant whenever he disciplines and judges. So look for hope in the midst of judgment. The third sermon came when Isaiah's second son was born. Isaiah named his third child and sermon lo Ami, which means not my people. The theme of the sermon was practice reciprocity in all your relationships. If we will not act as if we are God's people by how we live our lives, then God will not act in history as if we are his people. God owns us 
as we own him. God made Samuel pass this message to the Israelites. For he who honors me, I will honor. Remember, if we are fruitful in bearing or in receiving the bad news, then we will be given good news. God never judges without holding out hope. After all, God is in the salvage business. He loves welcome home parties with overflowing cups and fatted calf barbecues. It is the conclusion of Isaiah's prophetic work that gives us the answer to his little sermons. For the Israel of Isaiah's day, the calendar of accountability was counting down. Isaiah prophesied during the first half of the 8th century before Christ. Within a decade or two of his death, death also came to this nation. In 1721, the Assyrian army crushed Israel, dismantled it, and distributed its inhabitants as scrap throughout the Assyrian Empire. In truth, some of us are living by that same calendar today. Either we are sliding down to destruction by increasingly sinful patterns, attitudes, and appetites, or destruction has already come, and we sit now looking at the shattered careers, callings, marriages, and failures. If the former experience is yours, Jesus is your Hosea. He can save and restore you. If you will fully acknowledge your need for him and his cross, if you will give yourself to him and learn of him, he will lead you in the past of righteousness. If the latter experience of destruction is yours, Jesus is your Hosea too. Giving the pieces of your life, God is in the salvage business. He is able to save. Look around you. Any number of people are demonstrations that will what all the king's horses and all the king's men could not do. But God in Jesus can. Not only did Jesus die to answer for your sin, he also rose on the third day to give you newness of life. As the Pauline baptismal verse says, But Paul also informed us that Jesus will restore only those who fully surrender to him and his Isaiah path of restoration. Will you make Jesus your Lord and Savior by walking in the Isaiah path of restoration? This salvage business of heaven is labor-intensive and requires many workers to accomplish its harvest. The work can be heartbreaking when it fails, but it is heart-making when it restores a lost man or woman to the covenant community. For those of us who have experienced and are experiencing his restoration, shall we not join Hosea's company and in the words from the book of Jude say, Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear-hating, even the clothing stained with corruptive flesh. Amen. Let us pray. We have heard, Father, that no man can serve two masters, that we will either hate the one or love the other, or else we will hold to the one and despise the other. This day we will discover anew the one master of life, who we can serve with love and honor and devotion. So often we forget those we are. This day remind us and call us to the Lord Christ with a freshness and enthusiasm that will empower us as we go about the living of our days. How we thank you for the body of believers known as the church. Help us together to discover more clearly what it means to be followers of Jesus. Enable us to realize that we are not all the same, that we do not 
all possess the same talents or occupy the same place in society or possess the same amount of this world's wealth. But let us never forget that your spirit working in us enables us to do ministry through the gifts that you've given to us in the place where you have set us. Remind us anew that we do not have to do what others are endowed to do, but rather that we may use our abilities to complement those about us as we share in the privilege of serving the Lord day by day. So this day we pray for our families and our friends and those of our brothers and sisters in St. Barnabas United Church. We ask that your healing, sustaining, redeeming love reach out to touch each of those we pray for. May those who have been disturbed because life has become difficult for them gain perspective and a vision of how to take the difficult situation and use it creatively for their good and your glory. May those who walk in loneliness day after day find not only internal friendship in you, but earthly friendship to scatter the loneliness to those of us who seek to care and love and minister in Jesus' name. May those walking through some dark valley have faith enough to say, even though I walk through the very valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Free those who are ill from fear and anxiety, that they may be open to receiving the health of your healing grace. And especially we pray for Reverend Heidi and her family, who are not at all well. We pray, Lord, that your healing and uplifting presence will be with her, Denzel, Carol Ann and Aidan. And finally, Lord, we ask you to lead us to peace and worthy service because we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And for our benediction, the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Thank you for listening to this Spudcaster podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.